And welcome to another edition of Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information, insight, and experiences for people who are planning for, about to, or already have retired. I'm John McComb, recently retired after a 50-year broadcast career, the past 36 years at CKNW Radio in Vancouver. I'm sitting down with my co-host, Lori Pinkowski every other Friday to help answer the many questions that come up as you prepare to relax and devote some time to you and your new life. Lori is the founder of Pinkowski Wealth Management and is a Senior Vice President and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Lori, always fantastic to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well, John. How are you? Excellent. I've put uh, the cat away because he was in my studio howling at me uh, because we left him at home and had the temerity to go on holidays for a few days. So I've taken care of that and uh, everything is good. I'm happy to hear that. You want a happy cat. You don't want him (laughs) meowing all night long, right? You really don't uh, (laughs) want an unhappy cat. Uh, Let's talk about the markets, because there is a a certain degree of unhappiness with, again, what's going on with COVID and politics as well, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're still going through this correction that really started the very end of August. Uh, Markets have corrected uh, kind of over 10 percent from the high now. It's it's across the board, but certain sectors are being hit harder than others, such as uh, technology and energy and I mean, when you take a look at technology, though, um, it came up so far, so fast that you have to expect some sort of profit taking. And that's what we've been seeing. Of course, what sparked the sell off? U.S. elections are around the corner. There's uncertainty. Markets don't like that. You also have the situation with COVID and the resurgence of COVID. And not just here, but everywhere. And including the U.K. I mean, that was the news on Monday whether they're going to uh, have another lockdown. That sparked a sell-off. The markets were down 1,000 points at one point. And then kind of regain, and they closed down 500. So you're just experiencing more volatility to the downside. And this was a bit anticipated. I mean, you and I have talked about it. I've talked about it on NW. We can't have every week where the markets go up. And so that's what we're experiencing at this point, for sure. Well, in the old days, when you would say the market dropped a thousand points, what little hair I had would stand on end. But these days, it's like another thousand points. It's just this volatility ride that we're on is just, uh, I guess you just have to get used to it. Well, and again, points versus percentage points, right? I mean, so when we're looking at the percentage drop, um, on a particular day, we're kind of looking at markets are down 2% or so, right? And again, that's not just every single stock is down, you know, 10% from the market high now. You really have to be, um, you know, in certain areas that are holding up better than others. Uh, as we've talked about having some cash on the sidelines. Uh, I mean, all of our clients have some bond exposure. So most clients, uh, for us at anyway, wouldn't be fully exposed to the stock market. But of course, there are investors out there that get really excited about the flavor of the day, the fang stocks. That's all they wanted to own. They wanted to own 100% of Amazon. You know, again, these aren't our type of clients because we're dealing with retirees. Uh, But you better believe uh, that there's people out there and those people get nervous and they sell some of these stocks because they didn't understand why they went up in the first place. Now they don't understand why they're going down. And they're going, you know what? Holy smokes, get me out of here. So, and that's what you're seeing at this point. So, what have you done about uh, the recent activity in terms of uh, the portfolios that you manage? 
Yeah, you know, we made a lot of changes starting in August when, you know, again, in anticipation of the U.S. election in November. We're not going to wait until, you know, the last week of October to start raising cash. I don't think we're the only ones with the strategy to say, you know, usually there's volatility around an election. You know, let's maybe take some profits, move the portfolios a little safer. We're starting eight weeks before that period hits, right? And so some companies were selling and just taking profits because the charts were just getting so far ahead of themselves on the upside that we felt it was prudent to take some profits. Then markets, of course, started to head lower at the beginning of September. And then, you know, we're still looking at what should we be selling? What, what sectors are we most worried about leading into the election? As well as, you know, partially upgrading the portfolio too. So going, okay, well, maybe we sell this position, but maybe there's a position that's already come down now, come down to a level that we're happy to buy it at. And again, when we're looking at investing any of the money that we have on the sidelines, we're looking for deals out there. We're looking for companies that have actually improved earnings during the pandemic, during the last quarter. And for me, that's telling me, okay, well, this company is going to do well going forward. And when you think of things like Lululemon, you look at Apple, you know, these are companies that are thriving in this environment. Doesn't mean that there could be more downside. So you have to pick your entry points carefully and still remember that there's, it's likely going to get worse before it gets better. Now, you probably get this question a lot, and it's crossed my mind as well, but how come you just don't go and kind of sit in cash for the next month or whatever it is and just wait for the elections and all that stuff to be over with? Yeah, you know, if I, if I was a, a psychic, I could probably do that. <laughs> um, it, in theory, it sounds perfect, but it doesn't ever work out that way because you're never going to sell at the perfect time and likely... When the markets are at a low, when you think as an investor, oh, you know, I would get in when markets go down. Usually at that point, generally investors are running for the hills. Really, you should be buying at that point. But, you know, you're going, oh, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Everything's going to zero. All the media around you is completely negative. So, again, in theory, it sounds great. But to time the markets to that extent, to go all in or all out, that's more like gambling. That's not investing. And that's not what we do. Yeah. And so we're always looking for companies that can, you know, weather volatility. And then we have some growth companies when you think of the Amazons and the Googles and stuff. And we realize they're going to be a bit more volatile, but we want exposure to those areas longer term. And the election is, you know, on November the 3rd. So after November the 3rd, then what happens? And also, I would say that if a vaccine is announced before that election or, you know, sometime in the next little bit, uh, you're going to see markets react positively to that. So that's also a danger to be completely out of the market at that time. Interest rates apparently are going to stay low for some time to come, both uh, in the U.S. and in Canada. So what does that mean in terms of the markets and our finances? Rates are going to remain low. I mean, they're talking like one, two years out. I think that's a little bit presumptuous to say how long this is going to last for, but realistically, we've had low interest rates for a long time now. I mean, really since 2008, we haven't had a massive spike in rates. You know, when things were, were getting a little better, we did see um, that rates did increase, but overall, I think they're going to remain low for some time. This has been a huge hit on the economy, and uh, I don't see that uh, turning around anytime soon. We're still in a period of uncertainty. Even if they do find a vaccine, how long will it take 
everyone to get a dose. You know what I mean? So it's going to take some time. So interest rates will remain low. Again, that's good for the economy. It's uh, good for real estate. Uh, it's good for, um, I think, people in general. Again, you just have to be careful of, of how you're using that in your own personal life in terms of taking on more debt. You're going, oh, yay, rates are low. Fantastic. I'll buy myself an investment property or buy myself a new car or they're offering zero interest. <laughs> Again, it sounds great, but just remember, we're still at risk in terms of possibly jobs and so on. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're secure, your cash flow is secure before taking on any more debt in any form for that matter. And, uh, and just keep that uh, always in check. So what does that mean for uh, one of our favorite topics, uh, Vancouver real estate? Is it a good time to buy, good time to sell? What's going on? Uh, the real estate market is definitely moving. A lot of this, I think, can be attributed to lower inventory as well as pent up demand. You know, there was a period of time there, March, April, maybe parts of May, where you couldn't even go look at a house even if you wanted to. And there's always going to be real estate needs. You think of death, divorce, these things don't stop. And what we hear, there's probably more divorce now that the pandemic has hit. Yeah. There's a lot of issues going on in that realm. So I think that uh, the real estate market is going to continue to move here uh, as long as you don't get a complete shutdown again of the economy, which I think is unlikely. I think that's really hard for, again, small businesses, medium-sized businesses to go through that again, whether it's here in Vancouver, whether it's here in BC. As we know, those people are stretched, even with the stimulus uh, that they're receiving. You know, it's just not enough as what business was. So in terms of the real estate market, people are looking at selling. Now is probably a decent time to sell. You just need to price it right. Uh, again, you know, talk to your real estate agent to, to get really the insights. But I do follow it very closely because I'm talking on NW quite a bit about Vancouver real estate and have been with you even prior for many years. And uh, so I'm definitely in the know. And you're seeing sales have increased about 36% from this time last year, which is a huge increase. And you also see that prices have increased about 5% from this time last year. Again, it depends on which area of the market you're looking at. Uh, luxury real estate and so on is still down significantly from where it was three, four years ago. So there are deals probably to be had, but less than there was a couple months ago. But there is activity. So if you need to make a move, uh, you probably still want to be looking at doing that at this point. We mentioned politics, so let's talk about that a little bit more. Uh, of course, the American election, roughly 40, 45 days away. But we also all of a sudden find ourselves in the middle of a B.C. provincial election. It strikes me because there was some debate about, well, you know, the mandate of this government and the NDP government doesn't run out for another year. So why would John Horgan go a year early? And my sense of it is that in terms of the provincial finances, things are going to get a hell of a lot worse before they get better. And I think he might just be trying to insulate himself, get it out of the way, get the mandate, because I think they'll win a majority. Then when the stuff really hits the fan financially in, on the provincial books, they won't have to think about an election for a few years going forward. Well, exactly. I think the talk has been that the NDP want to secure their own jobs and they're calling an election during a pandemic, but likely there's still going to be an election during a pandemic next year. So, you know, it, do we want this to go forward? Did we want an election at this time? I don't know. A lot of people I'm speaking to are saying definitely not. So I don't know that this is going to go the way that they, they want or that they had planned. And I know that BC, is, is we actually handled COVID 
fairly well with Dr. Bonnie Henry and so on, and everyone's pretty happy, but cases have been going up. Was that going to continue over the next few weeks and, and so on? And so calling an election at this time, I don't know that that was the right move. Again, having the NDP in power for another four years does concern me somewhat, but not just my vote. So uh, everyone's got to say on this. And I, I worry about increased taxes and businesses and all those sorts of things. And I know we have to be very helpful for, for everybody going through a tough time. But we also have to look at other issues as well. What concerns you the most about BC's future as we contemplate it today? I think just being taxed to death. I think left, right and center. I think it's not just personal taxes. I think it's tax and business. I think there's carbon tax. I think there's just so much taxes and it can't be even explained. I mean, school tax. You know, you look at a lot of the stuff that uh, has been floating around there since uh, the NDP uh, got into power. And yeah, we do have to pay the bills. I get that. But when you look around, the bills aren't always being paid. So, you know, I think accountability is super important uh, if you want to increase taxes. And I don't know that we know where all the money is going. And I think that's an issue for a lot of our clients who are retired. They're frustrated with this sort of thing as well. And uh, I think that is my concern going forward. Both federally and provincially, with all of the money that's going out the door to help people in this COVID thing, Justin Trudeau was out uh, today saying that going into the fall and into the winter, that the spread of this virus could be as bad or worse than it was when we were in the spring. And so you think, okay, does that mean more government money for people? Is it more government money for, for small businesses that can't reopen? I mean, at some point, you reach a tipping point, don't you, in terms of borrowed money? I agree. But you look back to the financial crisis in 2008, 2009. And in the U.S., I mean, there was stimulus upon stimulus upon stimulus. Again, too big to fail. Uh, we all remember that term. And I think at this point, stimulus will continue until we see better days. But the issue I have again with that is just again accountability, sending checks to just everybody for example, the seniors uh, supplement there, the $300 was sent to everybody, no matter what your net worth was, no matter how much income you have, what your portfolio. And I've got clients going, why are they giving this to me? I don't need it. And uh, we should be focusing on the people who do need it and making sure that there's not a lot of fraud going on as much as we think there is in terms of people getting money that they shouldn't be getting and using it for other things. I mean, uh, unfortunately, you get that sort of situation where you're just, you know, if, when it's a free-for-all handing out cash, you're going to get bad apples in that scenario as well. So I just want to make sure personally, you know, that that I hope that the uh, increase um, the checks and balances so that we are not paying for this for years and years and years to come. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good point. Uh, let's talk about the U.S. a bit. Only six weeks away, as I mentioned. What are we expecting? I saw the Economist came out today and in sort of a very tentative prediction said that they think that the Democrats are probably going to take over control of the Senate. And of course, that would change things dramatically. What are you expecting? What do you what do you think about all that? Well, you know, I think that the U.S. election, you know, as we said, creates volatility for, for markets. And what we're looking at is, you know, around future policies. So future tax rates, government spending, health care, those are kind of the hot topics for the Democrats versus the Republicans. And what I would be most worried about in terms of markets, if the Democrats uh, would get a complete sweep, that would be dangerous for markets. And we definitely don't want to see that happen. And in terms of Trump versus Biden and the polls, and we're getting a lot of those questions. And, you know, until the election happens, you and I will, will not know. So as a portfolio manager, we have to 
be prepared for the unknown and not be in those sectors that are going to be most affected. And then also be very ready to react the day after. I mean, that's really important or a couple of days within the week, let's say. You want to be either selling positions or buying positions, depending on who's in. And right now, you know, it, the spread is narrowing between the two. And Biden obviously still has a healthy lead. I know that the majority of Canadians, or majority of my clients anyway, hope that Trump is out. And they may wish that, but for the stock market, you know, it's, it's like I'm, you know, playing two pr parallel universes here. You know, I mean, <laughs> I agree to a certain extent. At the flip side, I want markets to uh, stabilize and perform. And not that he's been completely stable for the markets either, let, let's say, you know, but for the economy, we don't want to see tax uh, rates necessarily increase too far, too fast. And kind of topple over the economy during a pandemic. That's not something that we want to see. So, so again, we're realistic about the situation. Elections happen every four years and there have been bull and bear markets under both parties, right? So it, the main thing is just being prepared, kind of getting ready for an election in terms of the portfolio management side of things. Once the election happens, I think that markets will continue to really look at where the economy is headed, where earnings are headed, because the stock market doesn't just go up because of politics. Short term it may, but longer term, we need a solid foundation. What's happened to markets in the past around election time? I understand you've been reviewing some charts and there is a, a lot of data and a lot of history to look back on. Yeah, for sure. So if Republicans continue on and they have the office already, you're going to see markets continue higher after the election, like right away. That's what we've seen in the charts. If you see a change in party, that's a bit of uncertainty. And so they don't love that. And so usually you'll see markets kind of digest the information, try to understand that markets will come down for a few weeks. And then everyone kind of gets their wits about them and realizes, again, it's the economy that matters the most. And, um, and it really depends also how the election goes depending on how the foundation is below it. So are we in a good economy right now? Or are we in a bad economy and those sorts of things? But if there's a complete change of party that is a little bit more confusing for markets, they don't like it. So what markets would like to see is Republicans continue on as they were. Although, of course, we know that uh, things were volatile even with the Republicans in office. I mean, the first year, fantastic. And then trade wars started and, and so on goes the story. So I think the main thing here is to really focus. Um, yes, elections short term. Someone's going to get voted and we'll deal with the situation at that time. And then also really be focusing on COVID, the economy, those sorts of things. So there's never one single thing that we're looking at in terms of trying to figure out where markets are going and preparing for that. There's lots of moving parts. And that's why we have a big team to focus on that and be watching markets every day and uh, not just believing in that buy and hold strategy and hoping everything just works out. Because depending on, again, who's elected, uh, things can, can change and can change very rapidly. So again, as a portfolio manager, I'm ready for that. I've been through a lot of elections and uh, clients are comfortable with that. And again, we can't predict the future, but again, being uh, through many elections previously, we're okay with that. All right. Let's talk a bit about COVID because I come to you for financial advice and expertise. A lot of other people do, but we also look to you for advice in the broader sense of retirement. And a lot of clients kind of are in the similar situations across the board, or they have the same kind of worries as we go through this whole pandemic. So what are a few things that you want to talk about today in terms of COVID-19 and, and retirement and portfolios? Yeah, you know, I think 
A lot of this has to do with um, just how COVID has changed our lives. And of course, I'm speaking to people who are about to retire or already retired all day long. And so, of course, similar issues are starting to come up. So I thought, you know, discussing some of that uh, with you would kind of bring some of these issues to the forefront. And one of these situations is just helping out family during a pandemic. And I've noticed that quite a bit, whether it's donating your time to help with children while people are working from home, because it's not the easiest thing to do, right? If you got a few kids running around and you're trying to work eight hours a day. So what I've noticed is a lot of the grandparents that I'm dealing with are stepping in to help help basically kind of raise these kids, babysit these kids. Um, and of course, school has started again. But as we know, there's been tons of COVID outbreaks already in a lot of these schools and what's to come in fall. So just being prepared for that. Also with daycares and stuff like that. And, and then money, right? So a lot of people um, obviously have lost their jobs, can't find new jobs in this situation. So I find a lot of our clients, grandparents, so on, are helping out financially where they didn't have to before. They didn't even think that would ever be an issue. And so I just want to say with that, you just have to always remember that you want to make sure your retirement is okay too, before you're just handing out money to your own children as well. Um, and not that there's an easy solution for that, but that discussion needs to happen, right? Especially if you're not just made of money, which many people are not. And yes, you want to be helpful, but you just have to keep your own retirement in check as well. I think uh, another one that's come up quite a bit is spending. A lot of people take income on a monthly basis, and I'm having a lot of conversations with people. They're not spending any money. Yes. So they're not traveling, right, anymore. And, um, you know, people are generally going out for dinners a lot anyway. Our, our clients aren't anyway, weren't before, and definitely aren't now. Right. And so, the, you know, you're not buying a whole bunch of new clothes. So, so what is it that you, you need all the money for? And so, you know, it's, it's better to leave it working for you. And so reducing the amount of income that you're taking for the time being until things open up again and until you can travel again, those sorts of things. So just having those conversations with people is definitely at the forefront. Higher anxiety about the future. You know, I, I see this yeah. time and time again, people are suffering from anxiety that never had any issues with uh, mental health before. Um, and they may not even know it's mm -hmm. anxiety, but they're talking to me and I can tell already this is what, what I'm dealing with, right? And it, it's understandable. It's been a high anxiety type of situation in terms of the pandemic. And uh, it's not that they're worried about their portfolio. It's actually just about life in general and what's going to happen and when, they, when will things go back to normal. And so I'm sure you could comment a little bit on those sorts of things as well. Yes you know, in terms of having anxiety and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's, uh, and I talk to people every day, my relatives, uh, we were just on the island and uh, seeing some relatives there. And there is uh, this generalized anxiety about the future, not only from the standpoint of, well, might I get COVID? And at our age, it's not a good thing. But also from the standpoint of what's going to happen with the economy, what's going to happen with this number of small business people who've worked and worked and worked and built a business only to have it shut down and now find themselves unable to get back into business because they simply don't have the cash to do so. So it is a time of pretty high anxiety. You know, that brings on a lot of stress for sure. Yeah, I, I think the anxiety that I've seen is also caused about great worry about their children, um, their adult children and their families and all those sorts of things, right? So 
Yes, first and foremost, probably their own health. And uh, secondly, their family, right? And just stuff, whether it's financially, mostly, I think they're worried about people and their jobs and how stable is that, you know? Because of course, in the older generation, jobs were fairly stable. You know, you worked at one place for your entire career and that was great. Mm -hmm. Where younger people may have changed here and there. So they're more likely uh, to possibly lose their positions uh, when things like this hit. And so so I think that's a high anxiety situation as well. In terms of real estate, I think a lot of people aren't sure what they should be doing if they were considering downsizing. So again, as people age, we've got clients in their 80s, even getting close to 90, they're still living in their homes. And the question is, is, you know, should I be selling my home during a pandemic? And if I do, where do I go or what's going to happen? And some people should essentially be in I would say seniors care to a certain extent or assisted living. But to make that decision right now is harder than it has ever been. A lot of clients are talking about, well, if you know this was a, a thought they had was to move to assisted living. Now, if it's not the time, is bringing care in home, right? Like nurse next door, stuff like that. Just for the time being, if, if one can afford it, that may be the way to go at this time. Another one is those that are pre-retirement. Things have also changed quite a bit. And where I've noticed maybe a bit of an improvement lately is those that did own businesses. And six months ago or five months ago, you weren't even able to value your business because it was shut down. You couldn't even sell it if you wanted to. Well, now I've actually seen things kind of pick up in that area that you can get valuations. People, I guess, generally know it's not going to go on forever. Um, your business may not be valued at what you thought it was going to be, but there's now a value. So if you were planning on retiring and selling your small business or medium-sized business, there might be more buyers out there today than there were a few months ago. So I guess the main thing when looking at what we're dealing with here, there's a lot of common situations that are coming up and just know that, you know, there's, there's likely a solution and it's just to talk it out uh, with your family and see, you know, what you can come up with together. Because again, this is going to be with us for some time. And, uh, you know, open communication, I think, with family and friends is really important. I think really uh, making sure that you maintain a healthy lifestyle during this time, you know, so that you can keep happy, keep sane in this environment and moving forward. If you find yourself having a difficult situation, either with mental health issues or anything else, that you look for support in different areas because you're definitely not alone, whether you're 30 years old or whether you're 75 years old. And I think that's where I see a lot of retirees have never felt like this before, of the unknown. Uh, and I mean more personally, not financially. And I think uh, that's a place where, you know, this COVID is really getting to people. It's been months and months now. People are, you know, yeah, your bubble has opened. But there's some people that are really experiencing uh, you know, self-isolation in a way. You're not able to do what you wanted to do. And think uh, now that we're heading to fall and winter, the darker months, I think we're going to see more of that. And I just think that it's important to talk about it. And whether it's on air, talk with your friends, just want to put uh, those some of those points out there. There are a lot of people, I think, who are isolated and staying at home. They are so anxious even about going out. And after a while, that feeling of being closed in and feeling like you're, you're trapped in your own house, it's a terrible place to be. I think there are more probably more people out there feeling that way than we know, which is um, one of the reasons why I've decided to get involved in a, a new podcast, 
that deals with mental health. I'm hooking up with a doctor uh, here in North Vancouver, Dr. Dorothy Reddy. She's a board-certified psychiatrist and a board-certified neurologist. And uh, we're going to talk about all of these issues in the uh, in the days and weeks ahead to try to give people just some sense of you're not alone, as you said earlier, that there are a lot of folks who are going through uh, very, very difficult times mentally. They're afraid. They're worried about the future. They're worried about their kids, all the things that we've discussed. But there are ways to handle that and ways to deal with that and ways to keep your mental health uh, healthy. And so uh, we're going to be starting our podcast in uh, well, probably three or four weeks or so. We'll let people know about it. But I think now especially is uh, is the time that uh, people could use a, a little bit of positive advice about how to weather these kinds of storms that we're just not used to. Exactly. I mean, there's always been different situations happening over decades and decades. And it just, you know, when you're right in the middle of a pretty significant situation, I think it's uh, some for some people, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, as we say. And, um, you know, and I think that uh, that you're starting this podcast, I think is a very positive step in the right direction. I think it's great for your listeners, your followers to be hearing you and Dr. Reddy speak about this kind of stuff because it is out there. It is in our community and it's uh, really good to have those open lines of communication for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, before I let you go, uh, do you have a thought to leave us with? Be so happy that when others look at you, they become happy too. Always be smiling. That's the way. To, that's the way to remain happy, right, John? Great advice, Lori. As always, as always. Listen, great to talk to you, and we'll catch up with you in a few days. You as well. Thanks, John. Talk to you soon. If you want more information or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, six zero four six nine five Lori. 604-695-5674. For Laurie Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Ready, Set, Retire.